0: What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrose from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. City population, all the QBs, all the Superflex content, and all of you Superflexers. Superflex finally has a home all its own and the city never sleeps. Superflexperts, Superflexible, the Superflex Super Show, and much much more all under one city skyline means you never have to leave Superflex City. Every ounce of Superflex advice, theory, speculation, and strategy on the planet lives right here. Subscribe to the Superflex City podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts and get access to the only fantasy football entity on earth that is committed entirely to Superflex. Let the Superflex Authority be your tour guide as you explore these city streets. Welcome to Superflex City. Football.com and a DLF family, a podcast. Oh, it's me. It's me. It's that old SFD flying solo through the streets of Superflex City. And this is the Superflex Super Show. And you don't have to worry. I'm not totally alone tonight. It's it's not just me hanging out in some dark Dank basement just by myself talking to no one I got the captain AJ Gardner Captain Redbeard behind the glass for me So uh, keeping me company um, Making sure that everything stays on track And uh we'll see Maybe we might even get to hear The sexy vocal stylings of AJ Gardner At some point uh, <laughs> Through this episode Maybe, maybe so uh john what would you call a bear that stands up in the rain oh nice we gotta we, it, by the way aj has a full beard too so goes perfectly perfect like the 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 dad jokes coming out from from <laughs> behind beard. Show, it's a throwback for sure i have no idea tell me a drizzly bear <laughs> nice <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> see, see, so it's all good. It's all good here in Superflex City. All good here on the Superflex Super Show. Uh, because I, I I, still we've got plenty of dad jokes. We've got the beard. We've got the captain. And uh, we've we've got everything that we need right here. Again, Superflex dude, John Hogue flying solo. Otherwise, you know, beyond the uh, the dad jokes, but in uh, doing a little bit of listener questions here, just a nice light episode as we uh, were one week away from the Super Bowl and finally get to kind of put a bow on this 2020 season. It gets a little tough to talk Dynasty when you know the season isn't technically over. There's still there's still some unknown. And we'll actually get into that a little bit here, but there's there's still a lot that you know that that it, these NFL teams kind of can't really even start to fully make all of their all their personnel moves right at the moment. You know, we, we still got to wait on these last two teams to finish up what they're doing. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, interviewing all over the league, but you know you you can't hire him until the until his season ends so it's like let's let's get on with this this two-week wait for the Super Bowl is really holding things up for I used to love this time of year by the way it was it was always so much fun the lead up to the Super Bowl all the hype like it gets to a point where they're telling the you know the special interest stories of the long snappers on both teams like you kind of run out of things to talk about in two weeks and i loved it i i dug it man but you know all the festivities around it but once i got into dynasty football i was just like all right as soon as the regular season's over as soon as our fantasy season is over it's like all right let's just fast forward through the rest of this we don't need any of this anymore i don't i don't care anymore who is the championship? Who's the champion of the National Football League? All I care about is how I'm going to defend my championship in my little ten dollar buy-in, you know, twelve team Superflex league. Like that's that's all that matters to me. I'm happy for Pat Mahomes that he's going to get to go to to Disneyland again, or you know, Pat, Tom Brady's going to end up with you know what his seventh ring uh, halfway through his second hand filling them up with rings I'm, i'm happy for those guys but whatever like that is so far down the list of priorities for me when i've got you know upwards of 15 dynasty rosters that i need to deal with this offseason you guys are honestly just getting in the way so just play the damn game and get out of the way thank you rant over um Anyway, well, I don't even remember where that came from, but what I can tell you is, you know, it, it it does make things a little tough talking dynasty right now, even though I see people already out there doing startups, which is, um, it's awesome. It's awesome that, you know, we're already, again, this 2020 season isn't really over yet. We haven't crowned a champion and uh, people are already, People have finished startups. Slow startups have already finished <laughs> by now, and I've seen a lot of them. Um, I, you know, good on you guys. That's a lot of fun, man. It's it's risky. Uh, I don't, I don't quite have the balls for it. If I'm being honest, I don't have enough information right now. I like, I at least need to know who's who's coaching this team. What is this offense, you know, at least in theory, supposed to look like? I I really kind of prefer to wait until after free agency. And, you know, in between free agency and the NFL draft, that's kind of the sweet spot for me th- to do to do startups. Uh, I think that you've got enough information, but there's also, you know, there's enough risk that, you know, we can we can really kind of exploit bad processes with our flawless quarterback extreme process, (laughs) that's where we can really kind of make a difference. You know, we, we know enough of what's going to happen, what these rosters are going to look like, what these situations are going to look like that, you know, we can, we can create some unfair advantages for ourselves, but right now in, you know, late January, uh, before the Super Bowl even takes place, before these rosters have taken shape, man, it's it, it's tough. It's it's honestly like as fun as it is to do those startups. It's pretty suboptimal to try and do it right now. But hey, that's uh, there's a lot of this game that uh, it's it's risk. It's a form of gambling. So you know, let's it, there's there's nothing wrong with. You know, betting it all on on white and and letting it roll, letting it ride. Uh, there's nothing wrong with taking those shots now. Um, just know that here in about a month, you're gonna have, you'll have a lot more information, and it's gonna be a lot easier to craft a roster that you know thats that is that, that you're gonna be able to turn into that that dynasty. Uh, that we're, that we all covet so much So, but anyway, so I want to do a little bit of a, of a kind of a Q&A type of episode here for you Like I said, nice and light There's not a, not a ton to talk about just yet We've got plenty of time to perfect the process We got plenty of time to, you know, to fully understand quarterback extreme How to do it, why to do it uh, but we' we'll, we're we're gonna talk about a little bit about it here tonight. just kind of set the table for the rest of this off season so I put it out on Twitter asked for some questions um said ask me anything you guys missed an opportunity you could have been asking me about you know you could have been asking me about things like my you know my drug habits and stuff like that and now you'll never know. You'll never know what drives the superflex dude. Um, actually, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's Mountain Dew Code Red. That's the uh, that's the magic elixir. But uh, you you could have been asking questions like that. We stuck to football. Um, you know, <laughs> we always hear when someone gets into politics, it's stick to sports, stick to fantasy football, stick to sports. Well. I guess uh, that's that's the message that I got as well. Stick to sports. Stick to fantasy football. Um, lot, plenty of stuff that I could have I, I could have ranted about. Uh, I could have ranted about the fact that I learned more in the last two days about about investment finance from GameStop than I did in four years of business school <laughs> for my undergrad. Um which i like somewhere in in some alternate universe my 13 year old self is saying i fucking told you that i told you video games were going to pay off way more than paying attention in school you loser <sighs> my 13 year old self would be so disappointed in so much um yeah but we we could have we could have talked about stuff like that but you guys wanted to talk about football you guys wanted to talk about quarterback extreme. So, damn it, let's do it. Let's talk about... But yeah, let's... Actually, before we get to quarterback extreme, I want to talk a little bit about this this off season or this postseason so far. Uh, Justin Sullivan asked me on Twitter about playoff usage. Some players to buy and sell. Based on playoff usage, which I think that (laughs) I I, I think that we kind of need to start just by. I think we need to preface that a little bit Um, just by maybe clearing up right up front that it's probably honestly not great process to to look at playoff usage. That's my guess. I mean, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I, I, you know, it it feels like what tends to happen is, you know, some of these guys, A.J. Dillon, I think, is a great example of this. You know, they they really didn't use A.J. Dillon a whole lot throughout the regular season. You get late in the season you get in and, and honestly this has also been the case with Derrick Henry for you know several years that's why it took so long to get that breakout that we were expecting from Derrick Henry and i think there are there are several running backs that are kind of in the same boat um but AJ Dillon is the perfect example for from this season of what tends to happen which is you know they basically keep him fresh for the playoff run you know and then they get to the playoffs and you've got this young you know powerful explosive running back who really hasn't been doing anything just kind of sitting on the on the sideline frothing at the mouth you know ready to ready to get his opportunity and now here we are you know everybody's worn down from a long regular season uh, uh you know 2020 in particular being such a taxing one for NFL players you know, with, with the scheduling changes and, and you know, never knowing for sure when or if your game is going to be played. And, you know, you, you finally, you limp through the season, everybody's tired, everybody's banged up, and now here comes the rookie who's hard enough to tackle anyways. And now he's got all the freaking energy in the world. It, and uh, we saw it we saw quite a bit of we saw a good amount of usage from AJ Dillon conversely we also saw a good amount of usage from Aaron Jones and it's it's the same basic principle in a way you know just just a slightly different agenda from the green bay packers Aaron Jones very well could be on his way out of here he he he's headed for free agency most likely scenario is he's gone so what is what is the motivation of Green Bay to keep him fresh <laughs> to keep him healthy for next season when he's gonna be on Seattle or you know <laughs> wherever like what's what's the motivation though or Miami man that'd be a fun one that'd be a fun landing spot for Aaron Jones um but you know what's what's the motivation? to keep Aaron Jones healthy, to keep him fresh for somebody else. So, you know, there's, there's so much context that goes into it. It does it to me. It just, it makes it, it makes it hard to say a little bit. Um, You know, I, I think that for one thing, we're seeing a ton of usage from Darrell Williams and he's been very effective. There's no doubt about that, but you know, in the, in like, once you look at the context of, you know, the, he, you've got a fairly fresh set of legs. You've also had a, you know, a pretty beat up uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire and Le'Veon bell as well. So, you know, it, it, it it makes it hard to say, like, is this game plan? Is this, was this the plan all along or they, is it a hot hand approach or is, you know, is this just a product of, you know, their current situation, it it makes it so hard to say, you know, like what, what's the impetus behind this? And is it sustainable? It's, it's really hard to figure that part out. Um, I think that you can get a better idea when you look at the passing game. Tyler Johnson is a guy who suddenly has been getting quite a bit of attention from Tom Brady, you know, and Chris Godwin, free agent, Antonio Brown, free agent. It sounds like Antonio Brown probably is going to be back. Chris Godwin very well m- might not. And, you know, especially when it's it's a position that they're pretty deep at, it's, you know, it's a position that's never been all that hard to find anyways. It and just with the the amount of talent that they've been able to stockpile on that roster, you know, at, at some point they're they're probably never going to end up in cap hell the way the New Orleans Saints are. But I mean, they're going to deal with that at some point. You know, that's why Tom Brady makes so much sense for for them because you know you get the that two year window and then right whenever, when all of those cap numbers really just kind of collapse on you is when Tom Brady, you know, calls it a career and you can, you know, kind of, kind of clear the deck, you know, and start over again. But, you know, I, I, so I think that the Tyler Johnson usage, that's the type of thing that we can look at and say, you know, in context, this one makes some sense. It makes some sense for them to start preparing for life after Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Maybe even Mike Evans at some point. I mean, this might be this might be a whole new wave of wide receivers that comes on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it kind of starts with Tyler Johnson at some point, you know. We we might get to that at some point. For now, it is it's primarily about Chris Godwin, but so seeing the amount of usage that Tyler Johnson has got, like that intrigues me. That one makes some sense. There's some context there that leads me to believe that this is sustainable. Um, a, a lot of times I don't think that you're going to get that from watching playoff football, but every now and then you get those guys and you start to think about, this is the bottom line with fantasy football. And this is something we're going to talk a lot about this offseason, actually, is, you know, the just kind of we want to get really foundational, you know, and I'm going to get to QBX here in just a second. But so much of it, I I find myself trying to sell people on quarterback extreme. And, you know, uh, uh, to me. A big part of it is, you know, if you stop and think about, you know, just just boil this down as much as you possibly can. Here's the thing in fantasy football, the most fundamental aspect of everything that we're trying to do. The most fundamental assumptions. How how, what what does it take for a fantasy football for a for a football player to be fantasy relevant? Like, you know, boil it, boil it down beyond the names, boil it down even beyond the positions. What does it take? You have to have the ball in your hands, right? Boil it down even farther from there. Take it a a step farther. What does it take to get the ball in your hands? You got to be on the field. Right. That's those are those that is the absolute that's about as far as we can get as fundamental as we can get when we're trying to make these fantasy football assumptions. Are you on the field? That's what it that's that's where it starts from there. Do you have the ball in your hands? By the way, and like I said, this this is where it comes back to quarterback extreme and that's why we're going to talk about it so much because what's the position that's on the field and doesn't come off the field and it starts every single play with the ball in their hands? That's what makes the quarterback position so valuable. Is the fact that, you know, when when you get down to the very basic necessities in fantasy football, the quarterback position satisfies it like none other. And it's honestly not even close. They're on the field every single offensive play, and they start every single offensive play with the ball in their hands. That's that's what we need. But anyway, so you know, that's kind of what we're looking for at the other positions as well. Seeing Tyler Johnson on the field. Seeing Tyler Johnson get the ball in his hands, you know, and understanding kind of the the context behind that is is intriguing, you know. Some of these other positions, again, like there's there, – there are reasons for it that don't necessarily point to sustainability. But when we see a young wide receiver who, you know, hadn't necessarily been a big part of the offense – All of a sudden, he's on the field a fair amount. All of a sudden, he's you know he's he's getting targets, he's getting catches, he's got the attention of the of the all world quarterback. That's the type of stuff that I think you know we can we can see that and we can kind of we can trust that essentially. I don't think there's a lot of that if I'm being honest in the the fantasy or in the NFL playoffs. I don't think that we're seeing. A lot of that, but to me, Tyler Johnson is a guy that you say, you know, I, I, I think that that's that that feels sustainable. There are reasons for that to be sustainable. Um, So that's a great buy for me. As far as some sell type of guys, I mean, you know, Daryl Williams. Back to Daryl Williams. I think that that's a very good sell. I think that I, I, I would say Aaron Jones. But I don't think it's time yet. I think you wait until he's got a a contract somewhere. That's when you sell Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon, though. A.J. Dillon could definitely be a sell. And, and, you know, I really, again, I point to the playoff usage. It's not that they just discovered A.J. Dillon. They drafted him in the second round. They knew what they were getting. They knew what they wanted to do with him. And the problem is they did exactly that. And and it meant him sitting on the bench until the very end of the season and in the playoffs. That's when that's when they, you know, that was his role all along. That was going to be his role, kind of a uh middle relief and you know, a setup and closer type of guy. And, you know, if you can sell AJ Dillon on the idea that he's going to be. The workhorse running back for Green Bay for the entire season when they just showed us that, you know, I mean, what we want to do is keep him fresh for the, you know, for the late push. If you can sell him based on the idea that he's going to be the, you know, the bell cow for the entire season, then I think you do it. Is there a chance that he makes it into that situation? Is it? Is there a chance that he makes it into a bell cow role? Of course, but the most likely scenario is kind of a continuation of what we just saw. So there, I mean, there's there's a couple rookies. Um, like I said, I mean, first of all, it's a it's a small playoff, a, a small player pool in the NFL playoffs not very many teams played enough games for us to get a full sample size and again above all else it's just really hard to glean something from you know weeks you know 18 19 and 20 um, but i think that there is a little bit of information to to uh you know to to uh to be able to to take away from the playoffs Um, but thank you, Justin, for the, uh, for that question. And, and yeah, like I said, go buy Tyler Johnson. Um, let's see. Oh, the captain pointing out that, uh, that Derrick Henry came from the same system. Uh, he, I, Matt LaFleur was, uh, was the Derrick Henry, Um whisperer, I guess it was it was he was the one who devised the role for Derrick Henry. And again, all of those years we didn't we didn't see Derrick Henry put together full season until Matt LaFleur was gone. (laughs) It was once it was, you know, Mike Vrabel with Arthur Smith running the offense. That's when you finally got Derrick Henry all day every day. When it was Matt LaFleur. That was his that was his role. It was that late season, like I said, the setup and closer. That was his role. So, you know, again, to me, the most likely scenario is AJ Dillon takes on that same role for Matt LaFleur that Derrick Henry did for Matt LaFleur. I, I and I I could absolutely end up being wrong on that. I just I, I don't think that I will. They're gonna end up drafting some, some more running backs. I mean, maybe they bring back Jamal Williams. They've kept his usage low enough that they're going to be able to, you know, to, to keep him fairly affordable. Maybe. So maybe Jamal Williams comes back. They probably are still going to need some guys through the draft just to build up this depth again. I think Aaron Jones is gone. I really do. But, you know, beyond that, you know, so it, you you lose Aaron Jones, you have to replace him. I think they're going to end up with somebody who's you know going to be in a rotation enough that they're able to, you know, kind of continue to to put AJ Dillon in that same closer role. So that's uh, and, and to me, like I said, that's just the most likely scenario. It, it's not a it's not a slam dunk. It just. We we know the history of Matt LaFleur, like the captain pointed out. You know, we know we've seen it with Derrick Henry. We know what we just saw. I, I don't know. You know, when somebody when somebody tells you what they are, tells you who they are, believe them. Let's talk quarterback extreme a little bit though. Um, first of all, so this one was a DM. So I'm not gonna tell you who it was from. I think he might be trying to hide from his league mates a little bit um, which I, you know, I fully support that. That's why, that's why I do a lot of work through DMS. Um, I, I can also give more complete answers when I'm not limited to 180 freaking characters, but, uh, I also just know that, you know, I, like, I can give a lot more detailed answers in DM. So hit me up at Superflex, dude, but I can give a lot more detailed you know, clarifications on things like quarterback extreme, we can strategize through startups and, you know, through auctions and even, you know, well beyond year, you know, N plus one, wherever you're at, you know, we can, we can talk about, uh, you know, we talked that with this uh, the same, same friend of mine, we kind of been talking about orphans as well and how to get to quarterback extreme when, you know, the orphan you took over has nothing at quarterback. There's there's a lot of nuance to a lot of this stuff, and it can't be done in a Twitter poll. <laughs> so, you know, the DMs, that's why the DMs are open. That's that's what we're here to do is to, you know, to, to give the full, detailed, you know, unabbreviated answers if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> and it's just for you, captain. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's uh, it, it really kind of, you also have the ability to, again, you can kind of hide from your league that way, uh, which is a nice benefit to it. So, you know, let's definitely talk in DMS, but um, I'm not going to blow up your spot. I'm going to keep it anonymous just in case, uh, you know, some of your, League mates are listening and uh, catch on to what you're trying to do. But um, among the questions that he asked me, and it was really simple, um, but also very, very important. And it's just, what does QBX QBX actually look like? The quarterback extreme strategy, quarterbacks early and often. Let's put an actual number to some of this. Let's put an actual step by step to some of this. And let me start by saying this is meant to be, honestly, you want it to be a little bit rigid. You know, I know that people say, let the draft come to you, you know, be water, be flexible, let it, let it come to you, take what it gives you. And I just fundamentally disagree with that. And I always have, you know, I don't agree with drafting with flexibility because There's a good chance that you flex into a roster that you don't like, (laughs) that you're not comfortable with. And you're going to have a hard time managing that roster if you don't like it. (laughs) If you don't like it from day one, if you're not comfortable with it, you're going to have a hard time managing it. It's probably not going to end well. So, you know, that's where I always say go all in on your best ideas. Go Go all in on the things that you know, you know. You've got your strategy in mind. If it's quarterback extreme, then damn it, do quarterback extreme and commit to it. But so what the quarterback, what a quarterback extreme draft kind of looks like, you know, I think that people do misconstrue it a little bit and picture just like, I mean, my first six picks have to be quarterbacks. No, definitely not. I mean you you've you've got to get all your quarterbacks probably in the first, you know, 10-12 rounds. That's where they're all going to be. They're going to be dried up by the 13th round in most startups. So plan on getting them, you know, before then, but no, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be 5-6 straight quarterbacks. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. You know, we know we do know that we need to fill the rest of our lineup, we don't have to do it right now, but we, we need to put ourselves in a position where we can do it. And, you know, we don't want to over leverage the quarterbacks and give up leverage when it comes to the other positions. Like the big thing with, with quarterback extreme, you know, we, we, and you know, maybe this is, this is part of my error, uh, in the the 2020 offseason, was kind of talking about just the the immense value that a quarterback has when you're trading them straight across. I, that part still stands. That ended up being a very good selling point for a lot of people. But the problem is, it's it's they're so valuable that it's really hard to do it. <laughs> it makes it really hard to find those trades where you're getting full value in return for your quarterback. People end up taking discounts, people end up, you know, just stuck with their quarterbacks and kind of freaking out. (laughs) And, you know, the part of, you know, part, as far as the trade value goes back to the old, you know, to the head count, you maintain the head count, you've got five quarterbacks, let's keep it at five quarterbacks better for you better for me you know so if i've got my five quarterbacks you want one of them well i trade you you know that quarterback plus something for your quarterback plus something i take the downgrade at quarterback and i get the upgrade at the other position you know so i trade you i trade you a quarterback who's going to be an upgrade for you and i take that downgrade at quarterback but i also send you a running back and you send me a better running back in return. That's where you can really take advantage of the quarterback value. And again, you maintain your head count. You stay at five quarterbacks. You know, which is which makes things much easier for us to you know, to uh, to fill a lineup for one thing. And you know, to really to really maximize the scoring potential. Of those quarterbacks Man it's so nice to be Able to when you've got a quarterback Going up against the LA Rams for instance you know That Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey Are going to cause problems For that quarterback It's so nice to be able to just Bench him (laughs) and Get whoever's playing against You know the Carolina Panthers or the New York Jets whatever You know Just just stream within your roster. It's so nice to be able to do that. But in order to do that, we really kind of need to maintain our head count. So, you know, you you really want to, you know, it's 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 almost ideal, in my opinion, to, if you're going to trade those quarterbacks, do a two for two and upgrade it another position. That's a much better way to take advantage of their value. Yeah, you can get a massive return for that quarterback, but it's hard to find it's hard to find that trade, hard to find a trade partner who's going to give up that much for a quarterback. And it it still diminishes your roster a little bit because you don't have the nearly as much ability to stream within your roster. So anyways, but in order to, to make that type of trade, we still need value at the other positions. We need valuable players at the other positions. So just kind of bottom line here, you get down to the brass tacks. What does a quarterback extreme draft look like? To me, three quarterbacks out of your first four picks. So yeah, you're not going four straight. I don't, anyways. The first pick is almost always a quarterback. It's very rare. I mean, basically, if I'm drafting... Well, and even then, if, you know, if I'm drafting at the end of the first round and I watch, you know, 10 quarterbacks go ahead of me, I don't think that I could possibly pass on a quarterback with the 11th or 12th pick. Right. Even though that all that value got pushed down, it's like, man, this might be 10, 10 of my league mates trying to go quarterback extreme on me. So like I I need to be in on this just in case. Right. So to me, I, you still take, you still go quarterback it with the first pick. You know, there's, I honestly, there just isn't really a scenario for me where my first round pick is anything other than a quarterback. The second pick, that's where things can, you know, you, you, that, that's where things get a little bit more. That's where your flexibility can come in. It generally ends up being a quarterback for me but it doesn't have to, you know, if, if if people are going quarterback heavy, you know, if that first round was heavy on quarterbacks, then a ton of value got pushed down. Now we'll say, you know, for me, it's, it's probably going to be a pass catcher. There aren't very many running backs in that second round range that I'm going to feel like is a must have, you know? So, It's probably going to be a wide receiver. If there's a heavy enough tight end premium, it'll be a tight end. Basically, my pass catcher one, essentially. And, you know, you just kind of rank all those guys. For me, Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey is the tight end one. Based on who is going to score better, that's who I I would at least look at. You know, but if they're pushing, if if they're taking those guys early on and pushing quarterbacks down to me, then my second pick is still going to be a quarterback. The third pick, by by the time you make your third pick, that's where I think that you want, you know, two quarterbacks and a player from a different position. So by the third pick, you want two quarterbacks and either a wide receiver a tight end and a heavy tight end premium, possibly a running back. I'm fine with it. I, I, I don't like to do it, but you know, that's, that doesn't mean that you can't this, <laughs> you know, it's definitely not rigid in that way. Uh, fourth pick is probably going to be a quarterback unless I went three straight, uh, which is very rare, but it's possible. And uh, you know, the, so by the, after the fourth round, I've got three quarterbacks and one other position player. Now, we want to make sure to get a fourth quarterback at some point, probably somewhere around you know the sixth or seventh round, maybe you get your fourth. And then again, the, the, the true QBX is a minimum of, of five quarterbacks, and you've got until, call it the 10th the round to do it. 5 out of the 10 rounds. I mean, is that fair enough? That feels that like you're still going to end up with a good wide receiving core. You're still going to end up with probably a running back one somewhere in there. Maybe even with your tight end plus your five quarterbacks in the first 10 rounds, you know. And and then you're done at quarterback. You're close to done at wide receiver. That's this is a big key <laughs> that that makes people feel uncomfortable at first. It'll make people flinch at first, but the wide receiver position, I don't want depth. I really don't. If I've got two starting wide receiver spots, I want four wide receivers. That's it. I don't want them taking up a bunch of roster space. You can stash some guys, you know, put some rookies on taxi squad. But I, you know, I don't I don't want my active roster cluttered with a bunch of wide receivers. It just creates more of an opportunity to get it wrong on a weekly basis. Like the the way to the best way to get it right at wide receiver if you don't have, you know, you know, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams. Michael Thomas in 2019, you know, those target monsters getting all the volume and consistently giving you, you know, top five weeks every single week. If you don't have that, most people don't, you really just kind of, you want to set it and forget it with the guys that you do have, because more often than not, at least one of them is going to give you that high end week. Sometimes both of them will. But, you know, it, the, the real tough position is a running backs. And so we want as much roster space for running backs as we can possibly get. And if we're able to get young and lean and efficient at wide receiver, you know, we don't take up as much surface area with the wide receivers and we can load up on running backs, build an army of running backs, you know give me you know so five quarterbacks nine wide receiver or four wide receivers so now we're at nine two tight ends puts us at 11 out of a you know 25 man roster that means tw- that means we got 14 running backs <laughs> and it doesn't matter who the running backs are but that, that's a whole that's a, an episode all to itself so we'll we'll have to come back to that uh but yeah to answer the question you know in those first 10 rounds that's where you want to get your quarterbacks but no they don't have to be you know the first five picks and they probably shouldn't to be honest with you. we still need value at those other positions uh, and then the last one from Nathaniel Broton um host of the uh uh Captain help me out. I think you've probably even been on that show if you <laughs> dynasty for the every for the everyman something like that <laughs> no, you don't know <laughs> uh yeah you're you're too exceptional to have been on that show um someday though he's he's probably gonna come calling um uh, but he does an awesome podcast. And he brings on guests who, you know, who are, you know, you're too busy with real life to be an analyst. You know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about. And you've got experience. But, you know, you just, alas, you don't have the time to podcast. You don't have the, maybe you don't have the ego to podcast. (laughs) Sometimes that's the number one. That's, that's the barrier for entry right there. You've got to have enough of an ego. Especially if you're gonna sit here and talk to no one, <laughs> and like uh, you've you've got to be uh, you've got to be pretty self assured to, <laughs> to just to think that somebody actually wants to hear that. So, with that being said, let's carry on. <laughs> I've uh, I do have an audience of one tonight, by the way, so. <laughs> Uh, let's see yeah so nathaniel broton though his uh, that podcast man that's a it's a fun one and uh definitely recommend he he hits on some really useful really important topics too um all that said though this question talking about quarterback extreme feels a little a little loaded nathaniel bro this feels a little pointed <laughs> this feels like a little bit of a call out Uh, Asking about quarterback extreme timelines, a specific timeline, in fact. And I want to read you the actual question here. So he said, I'd like to hear an actual timeline example of a league where Hogue used quarterback extreme. What was the startup like? How did the league react? What trades were you able to pull off in the current state of your squad, etc.? I do appreciate the question um love nathaniel and he uh he's he's one of my favorites for sure um there are other people who if they ask that question i would know for a fact that they're doing it with that shit eating grin on their face like oh yeah quarterback extreme well uh, tell me how that went tell me how let's see the receipts i don't think it's quite that (laughs) I don't think it's a loaded question coming from Nathaniel but there are others who if if I got that question I'd be like oh see so you're just you're just trying to troll aren't you well here's the problem I do have receipts by the way opt out life podcast is that is that uh mr Broton? is that his uh his podcast um Yeah, I do. I do have receipts now. I, I not to make excuses here or anything because it's, it's not, um, I will say this is a little bit skewed because I did three startups in 2020. Two of them, I had, uh, co-owners. Um, and I mean, they, they get in the way like none other. I love having co-owners. It's, you know, between you, you're almost assured to, you know, set lineups, catch trade offers, stuff like that. But you know, it it also it was a little bit of a battle. Debbie Kane, uh, Debbie underscore Kane, so Kane Fossil. Um, he was uh he's one of my co owners and man did him and I battle through that startup. He hated it. He called me a terror at one point. Like, because I kept asking for, I, I, I wanted quarterbacks and I wanted Rob Gronkowski. I co own one team and my co owner made me draft Zach Moss over Antonio Gibson this year. Oh, yep. yeah. See, so there's, there. I think that the pros still outweigh the cons when it comes to having a co-owner but yeah sometimes they make bad decisions for you and you know it at the time you're like no that's that's the wrong call but i have to do it cuz you let me pick my guy who's actually going to break out with the last pick you let me do that so now you know in return i have to <laughs> i have to let you make this pick i, I don't like it but that it, it's compromise you know um, so I had two of those. The other one was a 16 team, or I talked about it on the dynasty hot sauce podcast. Um, but 16 team goat ver- versus pros. And it was an auction, which by the way, just a quick aside here, it is hard to go quarterback extreme in an auction. I prefer auctions to drafts, but it's, it's tough. Um, It's a it's a lot tougher to distract people with running backs when the running backs and the quarterbacks are both on the board at the same time and available to everybody. Um, So yeah, auctions are auctions are hard enough. This one was sixteen teams, so you know it was that one was not going to be quarterback extreme. Um, All that said, I did make it to the championship in that league. Uh, But it's not a quarterback extreme roster. Uh, The other two with the co-owners, I got a a championship and a third place. So yeah, I've got receipts. Anyone who wants to, (laughs) anyone who thinks they want to troll me on this, I've, I've, I've got the receipts. I've, I've got the. uh, This it was successful in 2020. Um, I think that I'll uh, I'll talk about though, the one where I was able to go the most quarterback extreme and, uh, we ended up being, uh, we were the highest scoring team in the league. We, uh, we ended up in second place going into the playoffs. Um, we lost in the, uh, the semifinals. And, uh, and then ended up winning our third place game. So still finished third, just barely missed a championship, um, highest score. And it's, it's one of those leagues with a, it's a, one of the DLF dynasty, uh, championship cup series, something like that run by, uh, Scott fish and Ryan McDowell. And, uh, it's got a revolving pot and I believe it's, um, I mean, you, you, you get points for different things. It's, um, you get points for winning the championship. You get points for getting the top seed. You get points for being the highest scorer. Um, and, and so, I mean, we ended up with a decent amount of points between, you know, having, a top score in the league, um, most points for in the league for the first season plus winning third place. And, uh, so, you know, we're already in a pretty good spot as far as getting that, that revolving pot as well. Um, taking down a championship would make all the difference in the world, but I think we're in a good, you know, a pretty good position to do it. Um, again, I had a co-owner kind of, uh, keeping me in check a little bit, but we still ended up with Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Locke, Taysom Hill, Tom Brady, and then Nick Foles. And throughout the season, we kept randomly ending up with new starting quarterbacks. You know, we ended up with Taysom Hill and Nick Foles. And here we are trying to decide between, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and uh, Russell Wilson. By then we had you know we were able to give up on Carson Wentz and now all of a sudden we've got Taysom Hill too, got all these different guys, and so as far as and and look we still put together a a reasonable team like the running backs aren't gonna blow anybody away, but you know Kalen Balaj at times was very startable for us Peyton Barber even gave us a couple starts Chris Carson was our running back one. Uh, Chase Edmonds, at, at times Wayne Gallman, uh, Frank Gore, Kareem Hunt, Latavius Murray, Boston Scott, James White, all those running backs ended up being startable at some point. Wide receivers, again, we didn't have that one guy who you're just like, oh my god, I, I don't want to run into that that team, you know, when that guy's in the perfect situation. But you know, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen you know, we, we still ended up with a pretty decent group. Preston Williams is going to be coming off of IR for us. And then the tight ends, man, we put together a good group of tight ends, George Kittle. And this is, there's a tight end premium. I don't, I think it's one and a half. So I think it's a half point premium. Um, I don't remember for sure, but George Kittle, uh, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst. And, uh, and then we've got both, Darren Fells and Jordan Aikens from Houston. So, yeah, but you know, those guys are, don't really factor in, but you know, if we had had George Kittle for the entire season, I think the things would have turned out a little bit differently in the playoffs as well. If we had, if, you know, if we had had the foresight to get Russell Wilson out of our lineup late in the season and, you know, go you know pivot to to you know Tom Brady Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers I think would have carried us through the entire postseason, and you know the rest of those positions were good enough to support us um as far as you know the the rest of the league um there wasn't a gr- a, a strong reaction um which I'm trying to decide You know, because on one hand it annoys the hell out of me When people talk about, you know, when people say stuff like You're killing the league We need to kick him out (laughs) and start this thing over Because he's killing the league Nobody trade with him We didn't have any of that We didn't, I didn't get to, you know, check anything off on the bingo card But uh, they, they weren't they definitely weren't really trading. I mean, they did recognize late in the draft that they had kind of messed up. I think we did end up we had Tua at one point and I think we ended up trading him. I don't remember what we got. But uh we ended up trading away Tua and um I think we took a downgrade at quarterback. I think probably Tom Brady. And uh upgraded somewhere else. And like I said, I don't I don't remember what the trade was, but um we were able to make that trade. And we made that trade during the draft. And, you know, we uh we were able to downgrade at quarterback during the draft. That's that's pretty rare. It's pretty hard to do. For the most part though, people, I mean people just kind of weren't very active in trades in this league. Um which But to me, that just kind of illustrates the point that, you know, the the, the quarterback extreme, it's not just about trade value. We were able to do that. We were able to, you know, we were the top scoring team. We got the number two seed. We finished third, you know, with the third place trophy. We did all that without being able to trade. We just, we had that same quarterback headcount all season long, you know? So, and, and as far as the notion that those points were wasted on our bench, well, again, I mean, you know, at one point, like we lost Carson Wentz, Taysom Hill came and went, Nick Foles came and went, Drew Locke was, you know, there were there were times where he was startable, but was there ever a time where we knew he was going to be startable and really trusted him? Hell no. You know, so th- like there were times where, you know, again Russell Wilson late in the season was just trash. So even with all those quarterback options, we still were down to two. By the time the playoffs rolled al- rolled around, it was Tom Brady and it was Aaron Rodgers. Those are the only guys that you feel comfortable starting. You know, out of seven quarterbacks, (laughs) there were two of them that we felt comfortable with. Now imagine if, you know, we didn't have Tom Brady and we only had three of those quarterbacks. We had Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Russell Wilson in the playoffs. What the hell were you going to do there? you know? So, but yeah, we, we didn't get a strong reaction from it. Um, we, we didn't get a lot of trade activity. I think it's just kind of going to be one of those leagues, but you know, it just, it's just further proof. Like I said, this is not a value thing. This isn't a trade leverage thing. This is about your ability to set your lineup and feel good about it. Maximize your scoring every single week, even when things go south. You know. So uh let's see the current state of your squad. So uh, the one thing is we for some reason we don't have picks, and I don't <laughs> I don't know what we traded them for. But we traded because uh, at one point we ended up with extra picks. Uh we had an extra 2021 20, first, and now we don't have any. And I don't remember what the trade was. Um, but I think it was for a quarterback. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that I made that trade and I think that it probably was one that my co-owner was not real happy with. So, um, but there you go. that like that that's kind of the the story in the life of a quarterback extreme strategy. Um, you know, it it, it wasn't a fairy tale ending by any means. but the story is also not written yet we're still in very good shape going into the uh the 2021 season hopefully we're gonna be able to find some a little bit more running back help uh if if we can shake loose some trades still have plenty of quarterback depth to to trade away here the only one who is pretty much guaranteed to not be an nfl starter in 2021 is nick Foles. So we're still going to have a head count of six and, you know, whether we maintain that six or drop down to five, either way, like we've, we've got the ability to make some trades here and still be in a good position in, uh, in 2021. So, um, I don't know. Does that, does that not impress you? (laughs) Oh, Oh, QBX deniers. Anyways, yeah, that's, uh, it, I, I don't like talking about my own teams. I don't like talking about my own rosters, but it probably actually, and I think this is what Nathaniel was trying to do was trying to get me to do that because, you know, I, I think that it helps people to kind of see, you know, the, the benefits of it, kind of see that finished product, see it in action beyond the startup, um, Sometimes that's the, the most difficult part with you know ro- building that roster in the startup is looking beyond the the startup and saying all right now what <laughs> especially once you get through that first season so many people draft their dynasty roster for season 1 you know and just say yeah it'll take care of itself after that so it's, it's, it is it's kind of good to see, like peek into the future a little bit before you go do a startup. We'll have to spend more time on that. We've got a lot to talk about with QBX. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of moving parts. More than anything, it's it's just one big sales pitch from me to you, you know, because I know that it's uncomfortable. I know that it's counterintuitive in a lot of ways. But man, I'm telling you this is this is just this there's there's just this built-in hack. And again, back to the very fundamental, the most foundational Occam's razor, simple is beautiful, the most simple concept in all of fantasy football. Who's on the field? who's got the ball in their hands? It's the quarterbacks. So let's talk about how we use that to our advantage. We'll keep up with that. Throughout this off season, for now I'm going to wrap it up for the week. As I do that, ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to DLF Family a Podcast Mega Feed. Do us a huge favor and rate and review the podcast, and uh, help us to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you. Our super friends, uh, don't forget to to subscribe as well to Superflex City. If you're getting the Super Show. You're getting Super Flexible, Super Flexpert, Snake in a Draft. Uh, the, the, the Pursuit of the Sweet Spot, the uh, commissioner's, uh, commissioner's Office podcast. Uh, the series I'm working on with Dynasty Outhouse Russ Fisher. Um, plus we, uh, we talk about other Commissioner issues um, as they come up. We just create new podcasts all the time. So keep up with, the super, with Superflex City. Uh, that's all of the content that you need on Superflex. All the philosophy, all the theory, all the values, um, all the strategy. So make sure to keep up with us there. Get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Even better though, like I said, DM me. I love I love talking about this stuff in DMs. It's so much easier, and uh, honestly, it's just a lot of fun for me. So uh, hit me up at Superflex, dude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. Thank you to AJ Gardner for the company. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.